Public CEO Report is a podcast that provides insights about the public sector and public policy for the benefit of decision makers and leaders powering our communities. I'm your host, writer Todd Smith, and today we're joined by Ken Pulskamp, Executive Director of the California City Management Foundation, otherwise known as CCMF, and a retired city manager. CCMF is a nonprofit organization that supports excellence in the city management profession. Ken, welcome to the show. Good morning, Ryder. How are you doing? I am fired up and fantastic. It's a great day to be in America. <laughs> Always is. Always. So let's start off a little bit. Our audience is primarily local government nerds, uh, but let's talk first about the foundation. What is CCMF? The California City Management Foundation is really the premier organization that uh, supports city managers throughout California. And it's the only organization that does that. Uh, We have uh, five roles that uh, we uh, fill. The first is to celebrate individual city managers. We provide awards for some of their accomplishments and uh, recognize them when they do uh, good work, which they uh, regularly and consistently do. Second, we support policies that make for successful, manage, manageable, and enduring cities. I mean, that's really what we want. Our goal is to have cities up and down throughout, <clears throat> throughout the state of California be successful, and uh, the city manager plays a key role in that. Third, we ensure that the, uh, the uh, profession remains attractive to the best and brightest uh, people uh, in the state, and make it so that people continue to want to be city managers. Fourth, we help current and future city managers advance their careers. And finally, we encourage and support city managers when uh, they come into uh, difficult times, either in their city or uh, personally or professionally. So quite a broad mission there, but all focused on the city management profession itself, which the name would obviously imply. Um, how many? How big is CCMF? How many members do you have? What's your presence out there in the world? The uh, membership now stands just about 300. Uh, we have uh, retired city managers. We have uh, current city managers, and we have uh, a number of assistant city managers, uh, chief assistant city managers. And it's all throughout the state. So when we come together, either professionally or socially, uh, we have uh, managers that truly represent big, small, northern, southern cities, everything, uh, you name it, throughout uh, the state of California. And I think for context, there are about 482 cities in the state of California or something along those lines. So... Pretty close, yeah. Just to put city managers, but uh, there's uh, at least half the cities, uh, the city managers in the state are affiliated or involved with the California City Management Foundation is kind of my rough sense of things. That's right. And after they watch this podcast, I'm sure the uh, remaining will join. The I mean, they would be fools not to, right? Come on, get on, get on the party train. That's certainly the way I see it. Yes, absolutely. So I should actually, that is a nice segue. I should just note for the audience too that um, Tripepi Smith has had the honor of working with the California City Management Foundation since like 2000, 2001. Uh, we built their, an original website for the foundation and 
um, did a little bit of technology work over the years, and then about 2010 or so, kind of ramped up our uh, support and work in cooperation with the City Management Foundation. So uh, for uh, our my, my company that I co-owned with my wife, Trapepney Smith, actually the California City Management Foundation has been our longest client that we've had um, since we kind of got started. So a long history of working with CCMF. And, and I'd like to add, that uh, you and your organization has done a phenomenal job for us as you have for so many cities throughout California that you really have advanced the whole profession as uh, your leadership and the strategic thinking for uh, municipalities, your work with uh, promoting cities and uh, technology and uh, you've uh, been an absolute uh, pleasure to work with Ryder. So thank you for your leadership. That is very kind of you, Ken. Not, not. I didn't expect that, but that's very. I, I appreciate that very much. I'll, next time I see you, I owe you a good beer. Uh, um, love it. <laughs> so, um, the CCMF. Let's go back to CCMF and talk a little bit more about the organization. So, we talked about how we support the city management profession and kind of round it out in all sorts of ways, including advocating for the profession. Um, what does that mean in terms of the work you guys do at the state legislature? What do you advocate for? You know, since we are a, a nonprofit foundation, we are precluded from lobbying the legislatures, the legislators, but uh, we do go up at least annually and educate them that, uh, believe it or not, a lot of them really don't understand who city managers are, what, what we do, and they certainly are not... Uh, or before we started doing this, we're not familiar with the work of the California City Management Foundation. So it's really an opportunity for us to introduce ourselves to the individual le legislators, particularly the ones that are involved with local government, and let them know that we're a resource for them. So when they have questions about what's going on in a city, what's going on with the city council, with the city manager, that they can contact me or any members of my board. And we stand ready to help them uh, get straight answers and uh, and help them work through whatever issue that uh, they are involved with. Um, you had mentioned your board. So could you just take 30 seconds to talk about the governance structure of CCMF? You serve as the executive director, but there is a board, correct? Right. I, I'm the executive director. We have a board of uh, about 15 most of whom are city managers, one of whom is an assistant city manager, and then we have uh, five or six uh, private sector uh, members because we've always been about partnerships and uh, city managers and certainly the foundation can't do our work without partnering uh, with the, um, with the uh, sponsors. And so uh, that has been uh, very helpful to us. So um, one other thing you talked about there was just explaining what city managers are to the legislature. I, you know, I reflect back on a story um, where uh, my father-in-law was a city manager, and uh, I think my daughter was talking to a friend and explaining that her father was a city manager, and her friend turned to her and said, well, do you hope he, does he want to someday become the mayor? Um, and my <laughs> wife she was like, no, no, and that's not to denigrate the role of the mayor, uh, but it just demonstrates a fundamental misperception of what the role is of the city manager versus the mayor. Um, and of course, this also gets into a whole discussion of strong mayor versus uh, uh, within a kind of an executive authority versus a rotating mayor or um, council manager form of government. So 
I, let's just assume that for some members of our audience, this idea of the city manager is totally foreign. Can you just explain that city manager concept, what that means for that role that city manager juxtaposed to the mayor and how that might differ from a strong mayor city? Sure. Um, in a city, we have a mayor and uh, typically four council members, although that varies uh, with, uh, with a small number of cities. Um, the city council, they move around a lot. Uh, they're up for election typically every four years, and uh, they come, they go in a lot of cities. Uh, the mayor actually uh, rotates uh, pretty much every year among the, uh, the five uh, city council members. Um, in, in theory, they set the policy for the uh, individual cities and it is the city manager job to implement that policy. And that's the theory of the whole deal. But in reality, I think it's important to recognize that the city manager is really the trained professional. People get elected to city councils, they get appointed by the council as mayor, and they often don't know a lot about how cities run, nor should they be expected to. They are not the trained professional, but the city manager is. Typically, it's somebody who's worked in local government for years or for decades, understands the finances of a city, understands how different departments interact, understands how staff interacts with the council, how the council interacts with the community, and uh, is very much uh, able to run the day-to-day uh, -day functions of a city. The city manager also in a lot of cities, particularly I'd like to say the most successful city, cities, provides stability that uh, city managers uh, can stay around for decades, whereas as I mentioned, uh, council members tend to uh, come and go. Um, the city manager also has a unique position where we watch out for the interest of all of the constituents of a city. That we're not, we don't have to get reelected. Uh, we aren't worried about who's Democrats, who's uh, Republicans, that really we want what is best for all of the constituents uh, uh, with, uh, within a uh, individual city. And I think that makes us unique. So the typical analogy is if you're looking at a private sector firm, that the council is uh, the board of directors and the city manager is a CEO. But I, as I mentioned, it, it does go quite a bit beyond that. And uh, I think, you know, a couple important points from that that I take away. Number one, um, council typically gets to hire two positions in an organization directly. Now, charter cities are different. Usually bigger cities are charter cities. They can have directly elected mayors. There's a charter that defines certain roles and functions that could be different. Um, but for the vast majority of cities in California, as you described, this idea of a directly uh, council members who are elected and then among them, um, that council gets to make two selections. They get to hire a city attorney and they get to hire a city manager. Uh, and then from that point, the city manager makes typically will make all the hiring decisions within the organization beyond that police chief, community development director, public works director. And it's really the job of the um, city manager to manage that infrastructure, the, uh, the bureaucracy, to use the appropriate term, sometimes considered a pejorative. Um, and at the same time, it's the role of the council to set tone, direction, policy, get that to the city manager so that city manager can then convey it through to the rest of the organization. Is that a fairly accurate description? Perfect. 
Um, so uh, you talked about stability. I, I, I reflect on the fact that we're uh, around this time right now. Actually, the city manager from Torrance is retiring. I, I can't um, actually his name is eluding me right now, which kills me. But I'm sure you know his name. Leroy um, Jackson. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, Leroy is probably um, has been one of the longest serving city managers in California. I feel like he's going 30 plus years in the position or something like that in the city of Torrance. And he just recently retired. Um, but he's an anomaly, right? The city manager, I think the general rule of thumb is about a two and a half year uh, tenure uh, in the work that they do. Um, now, obviously, there are a lot who go for a long time. Uh, I, my my father-in-law was a 28 years straight in one city. Um, so certainly there are people who have that, that tenure. But it can be a tumultuous position. Could you talk a little bit about some of those strains that exist around the city management profession and why city managers, if people read the media, city managers kind of they also find themselves on a rotation cycle every now and then? You bet, but I think it's important to know that when, when people talk about that short tenure of a city manager, a lot of times that includes somebody who has worked for a city for a number of years, has uh, gone up uh, through the department head ranks or uh, has been an assistant city manager within that city for a long period of time, and then concludes their career with a few years in the uh, city manager seat. So even though uh, that would count as only three years as uh, being a city manager, they actually have been with the city for a number of years. That being said, Ryder, it is, it's a very difficult position. And if you look at a department head, a department head works for one person, the city manager. And that city manager by definition has a lot of experience being a supervisor, they've been trained, they understand municipal government, and they're uh, really professionally required to adhere to a code of ethics. Not so for a city manager. A city manager reports to five people, typically, that uh, many of whom have not had any experience in uh, running cities, and they often run on a platform of, hey, if I get elected, I'm gonna get rid of the city manager. I'm gonna fire the city manager. So they've gone out to the community and promised that. And a lot of them don't even understand, they don't have the authority to fire the city manager. They can't do anything without another two votes. So they get on the uh, city council and then they start finding out more about what the city manager is, what they do, why they do it. And a lot of them then uh, uh, either want to stick with their platform or, or want to do something else. But the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, a uh, typically on a council, any three people want the city manager fired, and the city manager is uh, the hired gun, and they're going to be out looking for a new job. So, um, you know, that I, all the city managers understand that. That goes with the territory. And that's the way the system works. The, the, the city manager is not directly responsible to the electorate like the council is. Yep. And the electorate puts in the, uh, the city council and the city council has the authority to uh, do what they feel is in the best interest of the community, whether the manager agrees or not. Yeah, and my observation would be, I mean, I often see these kind of almost organizational charts um, in, or in cities that city managers put together, and they're always very clear. Like they'll have the worker bees and the directors, and then they report up to the city manager, and that city manager reports to the council. But 
above that council is the public, right? And so um, the public servant model is very much ingrained in the, into that um, into the profession. I think city managers recognize that uh, while they have a professional career to execute on, um, you know, they ultimately it is in a public service capacity, and the the powers that be rightly are democracy, representative government, the election of council members who then have that oversight function and that oversight responsibility, frankly, to um, to help manage that organization and find the right executive talent uh, and make sure that the organization is well run. Right. Um, I, I guess when when you, you know, some people um, talk about the impact of the city manager in organizations and um, you know, there have been examples of what I would describe as bad Apple city managers um, that have uh, certainly been in headlines in the past and um, caused, caused problems. And they are few and far between, but they exist. And sometimes uh, I've had people talk to me about that city manager as, uh, you know, indicative of a broader problem or some sort of corruption. Uh, and I always, uh, or like the city manager function itself is some issue. And I, and I always actually take a, a totally contrarian viewpoint, which is maybe my personality. But I look at that and say, look at the impact of having a bad city manager. If you want to know the impact of hiring a bad city manager, look at those bad apples and the negative impact they've had in the communities where they've been allowed to run amok for a year or a couple of years or a decade long. Um, and the lack of oversight, frankly, that they had from a, a elected city council to make sure they were on the right track. I mean, to me, those bad apples always demonstrate why it's so important to hire a competent, ethical, highly professional city manager who's going to be driven on a day-to-day -day basis to keep the mission of the organization focused, keep it on track, and drive to meet the needs of all those constituencies that you were just talking about. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a, a great point, Ryder. You know, a lot of times city councils will call me up in my role as a executive director of uh, the California City Management Foundation. And they'll say, hey, we're in the process of hiring a city manager, but uh, they want uh, $5,000 more than we want to pay. And even though that's kind of the going rate with other city, like similar cities around us, it's an extra 5,000. We don't want to do that. What do, what do you think? And I consistently tell them that that is a bad place to try to save money, that that is going to be the single most important decision they make as a council member. And it's not the place to save five grand. Any city manager worth their salt is going to make that city hundreds, if not thousands of times that amount of money every year. And they need to go out and get the best city manager they can afford. And sometimes I'll liken it to buying a house. They, you might not want to pay uh, what, the, uh, what the seller wants, but the fact of the matter is, and any, any homeowner would agree, that if you're talking about a, a few thousand dollars on your dream home, it doesn't really make sense to, to not get the home you want for a small amount of money. So I always encourage them to get the city manager that they like, that's a good fit for them, that's a good fit for their community. And uh, they will see as they go through the, uh, the incoming years or the coming years that uh, that was a decision well made. So, you know, you're right, writer, there have been a couple of bad apples, but it is in a sea of city managers that have had tremendously positive impacts on communities up and down the state of California and indeed 
around the world. And uh, it's an honorable profession. And nobody hates to see a city, a bad apple city manager more than city managers themselves. And uh, so we do everything we can to uh, root those out and make it so that uh, individual city managers are squeaky clean. We hold them to the highest professional ethical uh, integrity standards we can. And uh, if you look at the profession as a, uh, as a whole, um, I'm very proud of what we've been able to accomplish. What, um, talk a little bit about your role as an executive director and the kind of member support you offer, right? So back, let's talk, we talked a lot about council members. Let's, let's turn and talk about some of those other phone calls you get. What, what, um, what role do you play in supporting? I mean, I know you'll take calls from non-CCMF members too, because you're all in on the profession, but, uh, certainly when members call, what, what do they call about? What are their questions? How do you help them out? Well, it, it might be easier to tell to talk about what they don't ask about. I mean, they really cover the gamut. But a lot of times they are uh, city managers that are having problems. Uh, they're having, you know, a specific problem, maybe something with their budget or an individual issue with the uh, with the city that they want to talk to somebody about who's had experience and kind of walk them through it and and uh, I guess I'm like a counselor. I, I try not to tell them what to do uh, as much as ask them specific questions so that they can figure out in their own mind what the right thing is for them and for their community. And a lot of times they also call up with personal problems mm -hmm. because it is a, um, a job that generates personal problems. You, Typically, city managers spend so much time and energy at work that it can have an impact on them from a health perspective, from a marital perspective, from a psychological perspective. And they want to have a discussion about work-life balance or uh, am I the only one that's uh, experiencing this? And, and I think they're comforted by, again, somebody who is not a counselor that really doesn't get the city manager job and the gig and, and, and what they're going through. God knows I have empathy when I have these uh, discussions with these people going through this turmoil, uh, but also that um, can kind of explain to them uh, what a decent and healthy uh, level of balance is between the job and the life that they're uh, they're having. So it really covers the gamut, but those are kind of the two main categories. I think the calls come in. I, I sometimes wish when I had these calls that I'd uh, taken a couple more psychology classes in, the, in college uh, because they really do struggle, but they struggle because they take their job so seriously. Mm. And um, they want to do what's best for their community without it sending them to the grave or, you know, the insane asylum. So uh, they they really grapple with what the right thing to do is. And I do whatever I can to help them get through that. Yeah. You, you know, you made an interesting point there, too. One of the one of the things about cities is cities are geography, right? They are a physical spot. Um, and. Uh, this is not a job where you can be the city manager of a city in Northern California from Southern California. So typically when you hire a city manager, there's 
there oftentimes could be a move involved. That move involved will affect a spouse and children if there's children involved. So for city managers, they're all in on positions and it usually involves a family move. So it's a pretty big, it's a big commitment, which is, I think, adds to that level of both commitment and the stress level that goes along with um, making those making those transitions and going through the job transitions. Um, and I know a lot of the, like, um, a lot of the discussions that City Management Foundation has done in supporting um, uh, city managers, also some work helping them collaborate with their spouses and partners on making those kinds of, and trying to um, keep that home life solid and together at the same time that they're making career moves to find the next community to go to do some work in, so. No writer, that that's an issue. I mean, I talked recently with a city manager that just uh, switched jobs, moved his family probably uh, 600 miles across the state, bought a new house, and then the job didn't work out. And uh, six months later, uh, they're being terminated. So, you know, anybody who has a house knows you uh, buy and sell a house in the same year and uh, you're going to lose a lot of money and then you don't have a paycheck coming in and typically your uh, spouse is not really happy about the whole situation that they had to lose leave their friends and their community and move to another place and now you want them to move again and uh, it really ends up being very traumatic and that's the uh, the risk that city managers take when they uh, take one of these new jobs. So it can be very, very stressful, not only for the employee, but the employee's families and the kids, too, are switching schools. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one thing to just appreciate as a council member uh, with all respect for their function as a governing body with ultimate responsibility to the constituency. I mean, that there's no denying that that's the right democratic process and representative government process we have for governance. Um, but the uh, uh, city managers are make note of the fact that um, council members are often council members for 10 to 20 hours a week, right, doing their, and, and it's not like it's well paid. I mean, let's to be clear, city council members generally don't get well paid. So it's a lot of blood, sweat and tears on their part to represent but they also have jobs or they're retired, um, something outside of uh, being a city council member. Whereas for the city manager and all those staff that work at city hall, that is what they do all day, right? Along their 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week of working on that job. So um, it's uh, for them, it's everything. And for the council members, it is uh, council service is a part of a broader life of things they have going on. It's actually a smaller slice of their overall life relative to that council member. So it's just a different perspective of when they sit down to have a conversation with each other. Um, it's a, they might be coming at it from two different perspectives about where things are at as an organization and as kind of their, each of their functions and what they're doing. That's right. Being a city manager, it's not a part of your life. It's your life. It's who you are. And it's not just that you run the organization, the municipal structure of the city hall part of it, but you're going to functions uh, during, over the weekends, at nights, uh, going to council meetings and public meetings, uh, regularly getting home, um, you know, 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, you know, you, you just eat, sleep and breathe city management. So that ends up being a lifestyle that's hard on the individual, and it can be hard on the family of, of uh, the manager as well. So we all recognize that. 
and uh, try and support one another and uh, support the families too, because we know that they go through the trials and tribulations as much as the manager. And as awful as it is to see rotten things written about you in the local paper or uh, on a TV ad or certainly in, uh, in social media, I think sometimes it's worse for the spouse to mm. see about the one they love. And I know it's worse on the kids that um, are at the uh, playground or at lunch and some other kid comes up to him and says, hey, I hear your dad's going to get fired. He must not be very good. That's hard. I mean, and that's the reality that, uh, you know, these managers live with throughout, uh, throughout the profession. Yeah. Yeah. Yet they endure. They, yet they go on, right? City managers, I, there's, there's a, as you noted earlier, there's a huge swath of talented professionals out there who are trying to make communities better every day. And strong city management talent um, ultimately leads to more effective city organizations, which leads to more effective and better supported communities, right? I mean, there is a, there is a symbiotic relationship here. Um, and I've always been impressed with the city management profession's investment in the future generations of city managers. Uh, like CCMF, you guys have the New and Future City Manager Seminar, which is hugely popular. So I'll have you talk about that in a second. But then you have organizations like MMASC and MMANC, which really are kind of um, early t um, funnels into the city management profession of exposing uh, 20 and 30 year olds to uh, city management world and the city management office function um, so that by the time they achieve late 30s, 40s, 50s, which is typically when people rise to the city management position, um, they get that opportunity to, they've seen a lot and they're able to kind of step in and have that worldview that's necessary to function as a city manager. So I just actually alluded real quick to CCMF's New and Future City Manager Seminar, which as I mentioned, is super popular. Could you, um, this year due to COVID, unfortunately, I think we, you guys have had to cancel that, correct? That's correct. Um, but on a normal year, when there isn't a pandemic going on, uh, it is a very popular program. So could you take us through a little bit about the New and Future City Manager Seminar and who, who applies, who gets in, and uh, what that process is like, and then what the general curriculum consists of? Right. We've been doing the uh, New and Future City Manager Symposium for, I don't know, probably about 20 years now. And uh, we have... Uh, Typically, uh, two to three times as many people uh, apply as we have room for it. And we end up uh, selecting somewhere between 20 and 25 people who uh, go away for uh, a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we have a symposium where we talk about being a city manager. And it is led by myself and a number of other current, uh, typically longer-term city managers and retired city managers. So we give the, these uh, younger professionals that either are city managers recently appointed or more than likely are soon to be appointed city managers, and we give them the uh, down and dirty of uh, what it's like to be a city manager. We spend a lot of time talking about the topic we just covered of uh, work-life balance. We spent a lot of time talking about ethics and integrity and how important it is to 100% of the time conduct yourself in a way that uh, is going to make you and uh, the people around you proud. 
Uh, we give them an opportunity to ask us questions and have uh, interaction with themselves. And uh, it ends up being a very positive event so that when um, they leave on Sunday afternoon, uh, they, uh, they've really gotten close to the facilitators as well as to the, uh, the other participants. And uh, typically these groups uh, still interact with one another uh, years later and uh, it ends up being a very meaningful uh, part of, of their career. We've had a lot of those people uh, go on to be uh, wildly successful city managers, and uh, people are always looking forward to uh, the next symposium. So it sounds like, uh, as a pro tip to the council members out there, should you find yourself in a situation where you recently hired a fresh city manager, in other words, it's their first city manager gig, or you have somebody inside the organization who you are hoping to build a pipeline for them to become the next city manager when the current city manager retires, um, that would be the kind of seminar that you probably want to support your, your person going to, to help them out and launch them to be as successful as possible. Yeah, there's no question about that, Ryder, but uh, I can definitely say the word is out because, uh, like I say, uh, we have a, a lot more people that uh, want to, uh, to go than we have spots for. And I think it also is indicative uh, of who these people are that become city managers. So I think about that. They are giving up their Friday evening, all day, all night, Saturday. I mean, when I say all day, I mean, we start at 8 o'clock in the morning. And uh, at the end of the uh, regular session, we go out to dinner. And typically aren't back to the hotel till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. We're back at it on Sunday uh, morning. We uh, go through the sessions on Sunday. And then they go home back to their family, wherever they are throughout the state, and they're back at work on Monday right. with no pay, no nothing, and uh, other than learning about how to do their jobs better. So I think it really uh, says something about who the people are, that not only are they willing to do it, but when we call up these people and tell them that they've been accepted, you would think uh, we're telling them that they just got a uh, scholarship to Harvard. <laughs> I'm excited about going. Uh, speaking of which, actually, that is something else that CCMF does, right? Is you guys support some scholarship for uh, for ongoing education. I think you have a couple scholarships. Could you talk about that real quick too? And then we'll transition to a couple final points I want to cover, and we'll we'll wrap it up. But can you talk about that? Good job of hitting that softball. I love yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned well, Ken. I learned from you. <laughs> Great transition. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, we uh, we uh, it ties into the conversation we've been having about new uh, new and future city managers. Is we do a lot to uh, work with people that want to be city manager. Sometimes we have people go through this stuff, hear about all this, and go. I don't want to be a city manager. That sounds horrible. I'm not even happy. I'm giving up my weekend, which to me is fine. I would rather have them learn that before they take the job yeah. than uh, after they've uh, gotten the job. So um, we do a lot. We give out a lot of scholarships to um, people that are uh, going to school, that are uh, learning, uh, wanting, looking for their master's in public administration, typically. We do a number of scholarships 
for uh, people that want to be interns so that they can go to a city and typically spend a summer uh, working closely with the city manager, the city manager's office, and uh, getting uh, the real lowdown on what it's like to work in the local government and what it's like to be a city manager. We also give uh, three typically uh, uh, scholarships to Harvard for our members to um, go and study leadership at the John F. Kennedy School of uh, Leadership at the Harvard uh, University, which all of the people have gone uh, rave about. So that's the types of things we can do when people become members, when uh, sponsors support the California City Management Foundation so that we can continue to get the best and the brightest people into our profession and take the people who are already in our profession and make them the best that they can be. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great work. It's great work that you guys do on that front, yeah. truly advancing on the, the, the motto of excellence in the city management profession. Um, I should have asked you this way back at the start of this conversation, uh, but you actually had a career before being the executive director of the California City Management Foundation. So just for people to understand your bona fides in this space, what did you do before you were executive director of CCMF for, the, for that chunk of your, your career? Well, let me give you a thumbnail sketch of my career. You know, I would like to say, um, you know, in third grade, I was inspired to be a, a city manager. And that's all I've ever wanted to do. But that would be a bold-faced lie. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, I, uh, my uh, economics professor in uh, my university um, told me the day I was graduating that there was an internship opening up in the city manager's office for the uh, city of Fresno, which I was kind of nonplussed about. But then I found out it paid 50 cents an hour more than I was currently making, so I was all in. <laughs> well, I went and applied for the uh, internship. I got it. And I gotta say, in all sincerity, I was hooked very quickly. That for me, it really fit who I am and what I wanted to do with my personal and professional life. There was an opportunity to help individuals, to help families, to help communities, to build a legacy and provide a, a lifetime of meaningful service. So I ended up spending um, seven or eight years with the city of Fresno, left as a deputy city manager, moved to uh, Bakersfield as their assistant city manager, which was the uh, number two spot in the city. And then I went on to the city of Santa Clarita, where I spent 25 years as uh, their assistant city manager and the uh, city manager. And uh, since then, I've been the interim city manager in, uh, for the city of Burbank, as well as the city of uh, Palmdale. So all of that, it just uh, really has made me fall in love with this profession, be in love with this profession, and uh, it's really been just a, a wonderful, wonderful career. And uh, now I've been uh, running the California City Management Foundation for the last six or seven years, 
which is cool. It's an opportunity to uh, still see my buddies in the profession, hang out with people like you, Ryder, and uh, keep my uh, my uh, mitts in in, uh, in the issues that uh, local government is dealing with without having to uh, get into uh, <laughs> the fist fights that city managers fi regularly find themselves in. Fair enough. Fair enough. I do say what well, that's one thing. I mean, I, I have not had the honor of serving as a city manager, but in my role in the work that we do at Trapepe Smith, I really love the idea that the work we do exposes us to all the rubber beats the road policy areas and problem solving difficulties that society faces and gives us a chance to have literally a front row seat to what's going on in society in America. Um, I think it's really it's one of my great joys about the job and the work that we get to do at Trapepe Smith. So well, that's good to hear. Um, all right, so I just building off that experience, I want to I want to close with this kind of question, nuanced question. But um, if you were talking to council members, not your own council members, just council members in general, elected officials, and you wanted to give them advice on how to best work with, collaborate with, uh, or get the most out of their city manager, what would be your observation? What would be your recommendations to them? Right. <clears throat> well. I think one is get to know and trust and have a close relationship with your city manager. That my experience is if you're a council member and you want to get your agenda accomplished, you wanna give your constituents what you promised them you would give them, you wanna get accomplished what are, are the reasons why you became a council member in the first place, which is a very difficult job as well. You're gonna rely on the city manager. And if you have a relationship where you can go to the city manager and say, hey, I wanna be able to have more recreation programs for our community's youth. What's the best way to do that? and do it in collaboration with the city manager, your chances of getting that funded and being successful are wildly greater if you've got a city manager that you have rapport with and have developed a relationship with. The other thing uh, is a lot of times city council members play one-upsmanship with their fellow council members. And that is a mistake. I talked about the relationship with the city manager. The other very important relationship is the one that they have with their fellow council members. That an individual council member can get virtually nothing accomplished. If they wanna get something accomplished, they need the votes of two or hopefully uh, three or four other council members. So I'm regularly reminding council members that those other four people that they share the dais with are the foremost, the foremost important constituents that they have. So if you see a successful city, typically it's one that has a lot of stability where the council members don't necessarily agree with one another, but they're able to disagree agreeably, uh, have uh, lively and constructive and respectful debates with uh, their fellow council members as well as with their city manager. So really to focus on those relationships and never break the plate. 
I mean, if you end up embarrassing a council member, embarrassing the city manager, a lot of times you end up with a relationship where uh, it's just very difficult to uh, move forward. And uh, like we all remember from our uh, childhood fairy tales, once Humpty Dumpty is broken, it's really difficult to uh, put them back together again. Yeah, that's some excellent advice. I mean, first of all, it's interesting just hearing this that discussion, the context of where we're at as a society today and our seeming inability to talk civilly in a dis when we disagree about something. Um, but the second point is ultimately those fellow council members and your city manager are your team of people who are trying to get things done in the community. And you need to treat them as, I would argue, you need to treat them as teammates, not even if you disagree on something, you still need to have teammates to get to the end game, to get to the end zone, to score that touchdown, uh, so to speak. So, I think that's really a, a good analogy and one I've used before, right? If you're on a basketball team and uh, you have one of the people on your team that you hate, if you want to be a good team, you pass that person the ball when they're open. And if you want to get even with them and uh, uh, not give them a ball when they should have it, everybody pays the price. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, Ken, I want to thank you very much for taking time today to visit with us and for your work at the California City Management Foundation and for your long public service career working in local governments. Um, it's really, for me personally, it's been great to get to know you through the work that we do uh, and have all your insights and experience kind of shared with me and your good sense of humor too. Everybody knows you're, you're, uh, you're one for a good joke every now and then. So thanks for joining us today. I